How does a free multi-camera home security system sound to you? I got your attention now. Check out First Guardian Security Services. My friend Jerry Forrest is the regional manager there. He can be reached directly by text or phone call at 769-823-0034. He's going to get you set up with a brand new free multi-camera home security system for new customers only. That's going to include a video doorbell camera, an outside camera, window, door sensors, and a motion sensor. Free installation. There is a one-time activation fee. He'll go over all that with you. You're also going to get a lifetime warranty on the whole system, and you're going to be able to save up to 20% on your homeowner's insurance, depending upon who your homeowner is. Check them out online, myfirstguardian.com, or just call or text Jerry directly, 769-823-0034. That's Jerry Forrest with First Guardian Security Services. Monitoring services provided by Vector Security. All right, and we're back. This is the KingFest of JacksonJumbly.com. Kim Wade is not in today. Once again, he got sent to a re-education camp. Don't know if he'll meet any of his buddies from January 6th, but you never know. So anyway, I'm... I'm here, so you have to wait till Monday for your Kim Wade fix, so bear with us. Anyway, we have on the phone with us uh, Public Service Commissioner DeKeither Stamps. Yesterday was a great day in Mississippi. Economic history. Governor Tate Reeves announced that Amazon Web Services, yes, the Amazon, is investing $10 billion, yes, 10 billion kabukis, to establish multiple data center complexes in Madison County. The, pro- the project, as the press release said, is a planned $10 billion corporate investment. It will create at least 1,000 high-paying, high-tech jobs. And some of us have been hearing about this project for about a month. You don't want to kill. You know, you don't want to let it leak and kill the project or risk it. So, okay. And so the news came out yesterday. Great day, of course. There's a lot. This is all unfolding as I speak. A lot of new information we're going to try to give you today. That's why we have Mr. Stamps here. One thing left out because the media is going off of the press conference and the press release yesterday, and that's all they really know, plus the bills that were filed. But I was talking to Mr. Stamps yesterday, and Commissioner Stamps, I have to get used to calling you that, don't I? Commissioner Stamps. You are now the co- you are now the commish. You're right there with Mike Cheney and Andy Gibson, the commish. We're going to work through it. I appreciate the honor hey, of being on the call today. Hey, commish, do us a favor, though. Yes, sir. Don't wear the hat. Uh, okay. Don't wear okay. the white cowboy white hat, hat, okay? Just don't. I'm not. Just don't. I'm not. Anyway, um, the reason why I have you on today is you and I were talking yesterday, and you started mentioning about all the in- energy benefits here, what's going to happen, and there's a lot here, folks. So I've been doing a little bit of research this morning, and it, I mean, wow. So why don't you go ahead and just bring the audience up to speed as much as you can? Well, first, thank you for allowing me on today. Um, This is definitely a great time. The governor is absolutely right. There is something special going on in Mississippi. Um, You know, we've averaged projects of this magnitude about once every 10 years, but we've done three of them in the last 14 months. And um, working together works. And when we got elected in January, back in November and took office in January, this is one of the first projects that we were um, started discussing. And it's going to have so many ancillary benefits, but this is just phase one. And this phase is a big first phase, but the phases that have come beyond this will be um, will potentially surpass what's already on the table. So 
Um, it's going to stabilize our utility grid. Our projections now is we won't have to even raise rates, even entertain raising rates, probably for the, for the next three or four years because of the added volume that this uh, opportunity is bringing. All right, explain that a little bit, because that's one thing you caught me by surprise last night, because like everybody else, I didn't know much about this subject. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned there's going to be a lot more, a whole lot more energy production here and more plants. Kind of explain that a little bit, please. So as we produce more energy, we're able, and then we also sell it where we're not wasting energy. This this energy we're producing with this project is going to have two gas fire plants and a solar facility and a diesel backup um, operation as well, just in case the world comes to an end, that they can still be running. But with that added value, uh, it's going to stabilize our grid. The um, gas fire plant in Greenville was due to be decommissioned. Mm -hmm. And now we'll be able to have energy purchase and rebuild that um, gas fire facility. So that's something that the ratepayers won't have to pay for because it's roped into this deal. So Greenville's so about to get a brand spanking new power plant, right? Exactly. Yes, sir. Okay. And, and where's so, where's the second one going? Uh, the second one's going on location. Okay. Um, and there were bills that were um, done in the last few years that paved the groundwork for this to happen. A few years ago, Democrats and Republicans kind of pushed against the transmission line bill mm-hmm. that allowed for transmission lines and dark fiber. Well, a lot of folks didn't know what dark fiber was, but dark fiber is the high-speed, super-hyper-speed uh, fiber optics. And, of course, transmission lines are the normal um, electrical transmission lines we need. But that bill set the groundwork for opportunities like this to even exist. Mm-hmm. And so now we'll be able to uh, run those lines and increase their capacity, but it's all looped into this deal. So this is capacity that Mississippi ratepayers are not going to have to add to the grid. It's being added inside of an economic development project. How, how much, potentially, how much extra energy production are we talking about here? How many megawatts uh, or gigawatts, gigawatts, like whatever this, it is? What, how much more? It's going to be uh, 500 Kelvin. So it's... And it's, it, 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 this facility will be the largest energy customer in the southeast United States. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we don't think of things at the appropriate scale. There will be nobody in the southeast in America that will be using as much energy as this one plant. Wow. Wow. In fact... So that's why energy... That's why energy so let's go big picture first, mm-hmm. and then we'll go back down a little. So most of the wars across the world, as you know, as a military man, are being fought for energy. Resources, yeah. Re- well, energy and resource, but that main resource mm-hmm. is energy production, whether it be gas, natural gas, resources. Those are all energy producers. So these big power-hungry entities are looking and searching for cheap, reliable, redundant power. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Mississippi offered to the table with this is power that is cheap, redundant, and reliable. But it needed to have a regulatory framework in place that they can trust, you know, for the future. And when we changed January the 4th, when we changed the 
trajectory of the Public Service Commission that put the regulatory framework in place to make this thing possible. Gotcha. Um, you also mentioned we were talking yesterday about there's going to be some benefits for Hines County here. What would they be? Oh, most definitely. But, I mean, this is on 220. Mm-hmm. One of the facilities is on 220, you know, so it may say Madison County. But this is really adjacent to Hines County. Heck, Tougaloo College owns a property right next door to it. Mm-hmm. So we have an opportunity to turn that land across 220 into our Golden Triangle if we make proper decisions. If we can get Hines County and the city of Jackson to do an overlay district to restrict types of businesses we don't want and allow businesses that fit and uh, that work in harmony with Amazon, we could literally build a hyper data corridor for all of the Amazon's other competitors as well. And one thing I, in my research today, you know, once you get one of these, they t- you start attracting more of them. So I suspect this will not be the last one that we get. Almost definitely, because those things have already, those contacts have already been circling once people started to find out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And there are other major companies who want to co-locate because of what's in place. Mm-hmm. They want the same deal. What would you like to see in an over, over, blah, overlay district? You're back on the well, city council now, okay? Let's let's turn the clock back a little bit, okay? okay. You're back. You're and back so, at the zoo, okay? What would you What would you want to see? I, would I know like what you mean by it, but what would you want to see? I would like to see Hines County and the city of Jackson, and even Madison County, to work together to map out what do we not want in this area, what's the best case scenario, and be willing to tell businesses, no, you can't come here because we're waiting for a certain type of business that fits what we're looking for to be in this space because we can't just build something amazing and then go stick a chicken plant next to it. Nothing against chicken plants, but there's a space for that, but that's not. They just have certain characteristics, shall we say. Right. You you, want to feel businesses that have a harmony that can create a a live workplace situation. You want to have things in place where um, that attract people who work at facilities like And you don't this. want, let's just be honest, cheap retail either, you know, right. if you know you, what I mean. You, you, want things, you want things that work in harmony. So if we can mm-hmm. get City of Jackson, Hines County, and, and Madison County to work together. Now, Madison County already is far ahead. They're going to, I feel confident there, but if we can get the City of Jackson and Hines County, it could be a real boom for uh, for the whole metro, which it already is. Mm-hmm. And, and the big winners here, are like Canton School District, is, is going to see a huge increases in their abalone um, that they receive. Now, okay, uh, this is going okay. This is going to the park in Madison <laughs> County, but also, is it going to be in Canton or near Canton, or is it going to be like Canton, Nissan, where they have they're outside of Canton, but they have to pay a fee? Uh, well, it's going to. I can map it out to you better than I can explain it to you right, right. now. Right. Uh, I don't have I don't have that slide in front of me, but they're going to see some huge gains in their revenue. Okay. Okay, and hopefully they will take full advantage of it. But we need to hold them accountable if they don't, yeah. because this is a time period, and this is our really opportunity we've been waiting for, and we can't have anything but excellence. Anything that's below excellence in the leadership of 
and Mass, uh, we, we must display it. You don't you don't want to be like Tunica because back, you know, Tunica for decades, you know, the poorest county in the country, you know, all that stuff, sugar ditch, all that. And then the casinos came in for a long time. It was, you know, good times roll. Mm-hmm. And I've written about it before. They kind of squandered all squandered all that money. And now what's happened is the economy changed yet again. And, you know, casinos started popping up across the state lines and you had online betting and online gambling. And all of a sudden the casinos up there and, you know, Tunica aren't doing anywhere near like they used to. In fact, I think haven't a couple of them had to shut down, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, I mean, you see where I'm going with this? I mean, so right now the technology favors, you know, you don't know what it'll be. You don't you can't count. You don't know where you'll be 20, 30 years from now. So my point is. Make the most of what you got when you're getting it. Correct. We must make good decisions right now and kind of take emotion out of it and take low-level thinking out of it and really be selective of what we do with this property because I've been telling every council person, mayor, supervisor, that you have one job. Make the property more valuable. Mm -hmm. That's your one job. And don't make decisions for peanuts today when you can have, you know, larger revenue in the future. No. Yeah. I mean, that's what Leland Speed, rest in peace, what he used to say was what mayors, that's too what many of them don't realize. That huh? That's what I learned that's, that's what I learned that from. Uh, I should have known. Many conversations with Leland Speed. I should have known. Because what he used to say, I got a video of it, was that mayors don't often don't realize they're actually the best real estate agent for their town. Now, of course... We all know which mayor around here realizes that one, and it's a she. But that's what too many mayors over the years have not realized. You know, almost definitely. Yeah, you're the you're the best realtor for your area. Um, now, some people were saying, you know, this doesn't benefit the Delta any, but actually, it does, doesn't it? Besides the power plant. And by the way, that oh. power—they're going to be building a brand new power plant. You know what that means up there in Greenville? Jobs, good jobs, because well, energy industry I, tends to pay pretty well, right? They were they were on the verge of having to receive their power from far away. The mm-hmm. farther away your energy production is, the less reliable your energy is in your city. So, and we're building something new in the Delta. Mm-hmm. So building yeah, things new in places where they were going to be decommissioned and nothing new was coming. And this has really happened because. You know, it's my district, and we're looking at, well, what is it going to take to do this? How can we decrease the timeline? Well, voices in the the right voices in the room say, well, hold on. If we're going to decommission a power plant in, in the Delta, let's just build a new one there, and that reduces the amount of time we need for permitting and approvals mm. from MISO and, and other layers of uh, regulatory that we need to go through. So it became a perfect storm, mm-hmm. which the Delta will benefit from. And really, all of Mississippi will benefit from. Mm-hmm. All right, the whole this going to benefit from this. All right, this is the Kingfish of Jacksonjumbalaya dot com. How much time we got? Okay, all right. Um, and we have Public Service Commissioner Central District Takeitha Stamps, former Jackson City Councilman, State Representative, on the phone with us, and we're talking about the brand spanking new coming our way, a data Amazon data center that's coming, ten billion dollar project, all these jobs, let the good times roll, streets will be paved with gold, a chicken in every pot, you know it, brother. Anyway, we'll be right back. All right. get it straight. All right, and we're back. 
Thank you, Cliff. Anyway, this is the Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com, and sitting in for your host, Kim Wade. He is off at a re-education camp right now. It's happened before. It'll happen again, but, you know, he's going to remain strong. Anyway, we have Public Service Commissioner DeKeither Stamps on the phone with us. We're discussing the new um, Amazon data center project that was announced yesterday by the governor. $10 billion, 1,000 jobs, good times are rolling, the streets are paved with gold, chicken every pot. Now, a lot of people don't know about this stuff, So, and I'm about to read something here, Commissioner, and if you want to, whenever you want to jump in and comment on it, feel free to, okay? But this is an article I came across. It is published by the Richmond Federal Reserve. That means they're very important people. And it was on Virginia's data centers and economic development. And this has been a real boon for Virginia, especially northern Virginia. I can just hear some of them out there in the radio line. Oh, my gosh, northern Virginia, that's where they live. Yeah. All right. Virginia is now home to hundreds of data centers. Much of the growth has centered in northern Virginia's, quote, data center alley, unquote. It's home to data centers operated by Amazon Web Services, Meta, Capital One, etc. So skipping ahead here. And you can find this online. And then I'm going to skip ahead here. Now, here's the thing. Here's where it's a little bit interesting. OK, you got to read through all the fluff here. But. In 2021, for example, Virginia's data centers ex- directly employed only 5,500 workers in their operations. The flip side of the story is that, okay, now here's where it gets interesting, is that the jobs that data centers do create tend to be highly productive jobs that require elevated skills and pay high wages. So these ain't going to be minimum wage jobs just sitting around watching a screen. In 2020, the average private sector employee in a Virginia data center earned an estimated $134,000 a year, more than double what the average private sector employee earns in Virginia. And it's been it's been pretty consistent over the last two decades as these data centers have come to Virginia. However, here's this one actually has a I'm not a fan of economic multipliers. I think most of them are junk, but there's studies here about these data centers. In addition to creating high-paying jobs, data centers also support local economies through their demand for services. Quote, data centers purchase unusual amounts of services such as security and HVAC maintenance, so their impact through business-to-business purchases tends to be disproportionately large. They also employed a lot of construction workers, well, obviously, but in 2021, there are almost twice as many people employed in construction of the new data centers as in operations of pre-existing centers. So, yes... As they get more centers, I mean that once that um, the construction employment it doesn't exactly hit a plateau and then go back down. Apparently, it's it's staying up there. All right. Now, if you want to jump in here, Commissioner, feel free to. Um, the study the study estimated. Hang on. That sorry, data center supported forty five thousand jobs and fifteen point three and three billion dollars in economic output in Virginia in twenty twenty one. That's big money. Now, here's something for the people who are going to say, well, this is just corporate welfare. But it was estimated in 2020, Loudoun County received $424 million in tax revenue from data centers, more than 13-fold their estimated budgetary cost of $32.3 million. And it was that way in Prince William County and other counties. And so actually what these things do is they generate, they have a huge ripple effect. So anyway, feel free to go go jump in. So what I would say first is hats off to the governor, NDA staff, our staff at the Public Service Commission, Intergy. The real work to do this doesn't happen 
if those people are in place already and working this thing. Mm -hmm. And so first, you know, I want to say hats off to all those folks who, and our folks on our side of the fence who put the pieces together. It was not a one man thing, a Mm -hmm. one person thing. It's a team effort. And I really feel a team effort when it comes to the nuts and bolts of economic development for Mississippi. And that's, that's a great thing. And by the way, I want to congratulate someone also who was left out, you know, in those press releases they sent out. There was, you know, quotes at the end, you know, all the, a lot of back back slapping, you know. And well, I understand and there, you definitely have a right to feel proud here. OK. But one person who doesn't get any who has because she's no longer there, but she was the interim director at MDA for two years, Laura Hip. And mm-hmm. when the previous director left, they appointed her. And so she was a deputy. She was a deputy director, and she may have been working at there, but the state personnel board would not let her get paid for the top dog's pay, even though she was doing the top dog work. She still had to get paid the deputy director pay. You see what I mean? But you know what? She she was involved with this, and so then of course your new 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 guy comes in there a couple of months ago. But this has been going on for a long time. So just want to give her a little bit of recognition too, because everybody was patting each other on the back and saying, "Look at hey, look at you, look at you." You know, this one deserves some looks too. Okay, so anyway, what do you say to the people? Because and by the way, folks, if you want to call in and comment on the, let me see if I get this straight. The complete exteriors call in line. That's right, complete exteriors, roofing, gutter, residential, commercial, you name it, they do it. Call in line 601-879-0002. Complete exteriors, ms.com. Anyway, what do you say the people are saying, oh, this is just corporate welfare. We're just buying. We're going, this is going to be another cure. We're just going to waste more money, blah, blah, blah. What do you say? Well, I'll say that, well, numbers don't lie. People do. Mm-hmm. So the state's going to bond about 250 or $60 million or so. Mm-hmm. That money is going to be paid back. This is basically a tiff. You know, the county is going to uh, pay the state back from the proceeds it gets from the property value increase in millions that they receive. Mm-hmm. Then the other portion of the resources, um, of the $44 million of direct money the state's putting in, $36 million is actually workforce development. So we'll be. How much is that again? Thirty-six million for, for workforce development. All right, what does that mean? Translate that to so the reader, to the so not reader, but the audience. We, we need people to know how to do this work. So, mm-hmm. uh, so from the institutions of higher learning, from Jackson State and the other community colleges around there, those are going to be the feeders because mm-hmm. um, to do this and the infrastructure work that the state's borrowing two hundred sixty million dollars for. Mm-hmm. That's for roads, bridges. Uh, and you, you I mean, that's, that's the core functions of government. Right. Drainage, drainage is going to be a so. All right. So that. how much? Okay. So that's for the infrastructure. How much are we going to be using bonds to pay for? How much? Two hundred sixty million dollars is going to go for okay. the infrastructure needs of this whole corridor. Okay. It's not just a building. It's, right. It's, it's the whole corridor. Look at the massive scale of this operation. So. Which other businesses uh, will be able to come in and take advantage of the new correct. infrastructure as well, and, correct? And, okay. And, and, and this infrastructure is going to be built for the future. It's not just a road to this one facility. It's a road to the – think of it's like a campus. Mm-hmm. And so these are all the roads, all the drainage, all of the 
all of that for the future, and there'll be other businesses that will come in and just co-locate. Mm-hmm. So this is a whole corridor that's being built um, for this operation in two locations, plus um, the the power production facilities that are being in other places. And those the power production, I mean, Entergy's going to have to hire those employees from somewhere, right? Right. You know, so so we're only talking around eleven, twelve million dollars that's mm-hmm. left, <laughs> and we get ten billion. Mm-hmm. It's going to take. It's going to take roughly, uh, it's going to take over over 3,000 construction workers to build this thing. Well, what exactly is the $10 billion? What is it? Well, when you look at the massive scale of it, how much concrete you got to pour, how mm-hmm. much, it, it is a huge operation. Mm-hmm. It's not just a building with some servers in it. In a, in a, in a, this is just the cooling system of this operation. Is massive, and mm-hmm. the water system is going to need, in order, it's going to be like a big radiator. It's going to circulate water through the mm-hmm. whole thing. That's why the water infrastructure was important. And so, to keep this thing cooled at this much data is a massive operation in and by itself. So that's why the utility piece is so important. Mm-hmm. On our side, is putting getting the water and the sewer and the electrical and the natural gas right. Right. All right, this is the Kingfisher Jackson Jumblad.com. We're about to go to the break. Um, we have Public Service Commissioner Dekeither Stamps on the line with us. We are talking about the $10 billion Amazon project that was announced yesterday. If you want to call in the complete exteriors, call in line. The phone number is 601 879 0002. We are taking calls right now, so 601 879 0002, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya.com. Sitting in for your host, Kim Wade, today. He'll be back Monday after he gets out of his re-education camp. If you want to call in, comment. We call in on the complete exteriors call-in line, 601-879-0002, 601-879-0002. And we have on the line with us Public Service Commissioner DeKeither Stamps. But first, before we get back to the conversation, we let's pay some bills. Did you know, did you know that the average six-room house collects 40 pounds of dust each year? Local business, Pure Air Consultants, can solve that problem for you. Their duct cleaning services can rid your home of the dust, dirt, and debris that may be caught in your air ducts. They can eliminate the mold, fungi, fungi, and microbes that might be growing inside your ductwork and polluting the air you breathe in your home. That means also in your lungs. Additionally, the buildup of debris and lint in your home's dryer vents is subject to bacterial growth and also presents a potential fire hazard in your home. Pure Air Consultants also offers dryer vent cleaning. If you'd like $100 off your air duct cleaning, then then when you contact them, just mention WYAB. Visit online at MyPureAirConsultants.com. That's MyPureAirConsultants.com. Or you can call the old-fashioned way, 601-939-7420. That's 601-939-7420. All right. And so we've been talking for the last half hour about the new the new uh, Amazon data center. That's going to be, data, data centers, plural, sorry, that are going to be going up in Madison County. One, I think, near Madison, Ridgeland, actually by 220. Another one near Canton. 
and $10 billion, 1,000 jobs, and it's going to benefit many other businesses, too, if you follow the trends of other data centers in other states. So what else when you – what else do you want to comment on about this project, Commissioner? I still got to get used to calling you that. <laughs> and what I would say is just first, this is the time for Mississippi to celebrate mm-hmm. a win. We, you know, so many times we got naysayers on both sides of the political spectrum, and, and gets old, doesn't and, it? You know, when you win, we should celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know, and. This is going to create economy that we don't have. This is not our normal manufacturing plant or the things we traditionally invested in. This is a new space, but it's a needed space for the future. The future is all data-driven. You know, everybody buys stuff off Amazon or uses uh, services. All these apps on your phone—they're stored. Most of them are stored on AWS. Right. You know, so. In fact, hang on. The reason why you enjoy the benefits of Prime and Amazon can undercut everybody else is because of AWS. Let's be honest. Right. I mean, most of Facebook is on AWS. Right. You know, so so many of these things that we enjoy and have them readily available, they're that way because someone's storing, aggregating. Mm -hmm. There's a whole trillion-dollar industry just by providing the storage for your cell phone. Well, and what what I get tired of sometimes is you see news like this, you put it up there, and here come the naysayers. And I mean, and I get it. Look, we got burned on that. That's the only person who got rich off of the beef plant was community banking. Whichever politicians managed to take something under the table, okay? I mean, that was a disaster fiasco. And if any rudimentary economic analysis had been followed, we would have never done that. But, you know, you can't tell some people some things. They're going to do what they want to do. And then we had the, the all those green energy projects. Remember Kior? That was $75 million. We had Stion. We had twin, what, creeks, peaks, whatever. And it was, you know, the solar panel projects and all that stuff. And we lost a, probably over $100 million on those projects. And people are just – and then you throw in a lot of people just have this – Thing that you know they're against corporate welfare, and there's a lot of people on both sides of the aisle that are against what you would call crony capitalism or corporate welfare, and so we've been burned quite a few times in this state, and then we, you know, but there's a flip side here, and you have to look at the nature of how these things work today. You know, some of your legislators were sitting there saying it needs to go here, it should go there. What about this area? But these companies. They pick the sites. They're coming to you. We've we've picked this site, and you a lot of times have a they have a consultant who's talking to different states, and they're playing them off against each other. So they pick a site, and if you can't come up with a package, and also features like workforce, you know, and the and the other stuff, they'll just go somewhere else. I don't like it any more than you do, but that's the nature of it, right? World to choose from, huh? They have a whole world to choose from. I mean, you were on the city council when Costco came. That was going on, remember? Yes, sir. Okay, and that site over there by Smith Wills, that was pretty controversial, if you remember. But who picked that site? The city or Costco? Uh, It was a nursery from both sides. It was Costco. Right. I mean, the city could have suggested other sites. Costco was... No, we've done our studies. That's where we want to go. And 
you know, and I, you know, y'all tried to make that work, and a lot of people just opposed it. So then they went over to Ridgeland. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, so we just have to win what we can win, mm-hmm. and this is a major win for us. Um, not just for the the deal. Most of the other things that have failed is because they were government manufactured. Yeah. You know, this is something where the government is not putting a lot of money into the project. Right. The company is absorbing the majority of the risk between uh, – the, the, the majority of risk is taken by the company, mm-hmm. not by the state of Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, we're not turning wood chips into gold. <laughs> and then it's proven technology. I mean, it's we know what this business is because we can look at other states and say, hey, here's what it is, you know? Right. This is This is – technology we know how to build mm-hmm. on our side of the fence of the public service commission we build or the utility companies build and we permit through and public comment and, and all that gas power plants take 76 percent of all of the power in this state comes from natural gas right so we have been building natural gas fire plants we have contractors already mm-hmm. in line maintenance people so for, on our side of the fence, we feel totally confident that we can build something we've already built before. Right. I've known you for a long time, and you like to look. You, you always like to co- look at different topics. What's been on your mind lately? You look around the state. What gets your attention? I mean, what have you been, you know, what you've been thinking about? Well, so what we're doing is to the point that not just public service that, commission. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. When people talk about why don't you have things in other places, why don't you develop other areas? Well, what we've identified that there are five pieces to economic development that many communities don't have. You have to have quality water and sewer, mm-hmm. reliable power, natural gas, good cell phone service, and broadband. And so we're inventorying every industrial part in our 22 counties and working with those counties to identify your gaps where you don't have those five things to make you marketable. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're doing county by county, industrial park by industrial park, to identify, okay, we got some strengths here, we got some things we need to work on so that we can work towards getting those things in place so that other counties can get these things. The reason why a lot of counties don't get economic development, you don't have the five things in place. You don't have the those five pieces in place. I, I would add two other things to that five. What? One is air. One is airports. Well, I'm just talking about my lane. My lane is those five. Things. No, no, I, no, no. I meant. I was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant more general thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but airports you know, are airports are a big deal. Oh, most definitely it is. Yeah. So. And another thing too that people aren't seeing, or they don't realize, is also having a management pool to recruit from. It's not just having. We all think workforce development. We start thinking of the workers, the workers, the guys on the assembly lines, working the plants, the drivers on it. But it's also that middle management and above. And that's what a lot of these companies look at, too. Where can I recruit my stuff, my, my management, my managers from? Where can I recruit my executives from? And, you know, if you go look down in Baton Rouge, of all places, I like to use that for obvious reasons, and you have two companies that are homegrown Raising Canes, and uh, what's oh heck, what's what's the other one? walk-ons? Duh. Now both their headquarters are still there, but if you look, they've been moving their operations to where Houston and Nashville. Why is that? Because they have a better, even with LSU down there and Southern University, they still have a better better pool 
to recruit from, and that's a big deal, you know? I agree. I agree totally. And my understanding on these plants is the way this technology is going, you don't really need people with the advanced degrees and all that. It's more about certifications. Is that true or not? Well, these um, jobs, 90% of them will require a one-year or two-year certification. And right. with the work that the lieutenant governor is doing in making um, junior college free, mm-hmm. basically, you'll be able to go from kindergarten to 20 years old and have everything you need to work in the utility space and this space mm-hmm. in the future. So um, this is a way for average – we're betting on Mississippi workers because mm-hmm. the utility piece is, is covered under this, the construction piece. The opportunity is there. The only way this deal fails is Mississippi don't get to work. Right. If Mississippi, if, a, if we can't find a thousand Mississippians that want to make eighty thousand dollars a year, I know we advertise sixty-six in the law, but I can tell you it's going to be closer to eighty. Mm-hmm. And so, if we can't find a thousand people in Mississippi who want to make that kind of money, um, that's the only way this thing falls through. But I pretty much believe folks will move here to make eighty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You know, so. This is we're bidding on the Mississippi worker. Well, and you know, they say we're you know we're at like what I forget what the unemployment is, but we're basically if you go by the unemployment number alone, like three percent, four percent, five, whatever it is, okay. But we're almost I would say maximum employment if you go by that number alone. But our labor participation rate is, and Delbert addressed this, is pretty darn low, which is I think like fifty four, fifty three percent, which is like lowest in the country. So how do we get some of those people back into the workforce? We need every grandmother. If you got a grandson that's between the age of 17 and 30 that's mm-hmm. not working, you need to say, hey, you need to get off your butt and get to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need you to make it. And in order for Mississippi to grow, we got to have people working. And, you're not ha- and for these, I think, you're not going to have to go to get that four-year degree, get a master's. You're not going to have to take physics and calculus. You know, go get the and, and go go take all the – you know, English, British lit, and all that stuff. Yeah, so this is us betting on the Mississippi, betting on Mississippi to win. Gotcha. All right, this and is Kingfish so, of com. We're headed to the last break of this hour. We have Public Service Commissioner DeKeither Stamps with us. And if you want to call in, call in at 601-879-0002, and we'll be right All right, this is the Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya.com. What did you just do? I know. I don't trust you sometimes you start pushing buttons and fiddling with switches, all right? Anyway, Kingfish of com and Kim Wade, your host, is he's he's gone today. Um, he might be in a re-education camp. He might also just be plain old AWOL. So anyway, if you want to call in 601-879-0002, we have on the phone with us. We're wrapping it up. Public Service Commissioner, Central District, DeKeither Stamps. And so you've, you've basically been in office for less than a month. And how's it been going over there? Yeah. So, uh, thanks, again, thanks for having us on. Um, mm-hmm. We're, we're going to keep working. You know, we, we're just getting started. we got a, an aggressive agenda, and we're going to start rolling out utilities in places where they haven't been before mm-hmm. so that we can um, continue to grow our economy. And this whole thing is growing our economy through the utilities. If we can continue to do what we're doing, we're going to make sure that we maximize this opportunity and plenty more. 
And by the way, a lot of my audience doesn't know this, but you are actually an NRA certified firearms instructor, right? Yep. Are, been, been are, you, are, you, are you still um, going to be instructing, or are you going to have to cut way back on that? <laughs> well, uh, we help out from time to time. We hang out over at Two Gun Tactical a lot. Okay, they're, they're a sponsor here, right? Okay, that's right. Two Gun Tactical got a free plug today. Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, that you and I've shot over there at the one in Rankin. Yeah, one in Rankin County, and um, and and in my backyard. So we uh, we're gonna keep doing all the things we do. Hey, sh- should we say who came with us that day? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Yeah, remember if uh, remember if you remember about a year and a half ago, uh, one Mister, uh, let's just say, uh, local lawyer who's married to someone on TV. After he, we won't say his name, but after he got, you know, his family was carjacked over in Bellhaven. Well, let's just say he was hot to trot to go <laughs> go to the range with us, and uh, you taught him that day. He did, he did a pretty good job. Yeah, so you know we're a big proponent of people protecting themselves, mm-hmm. their private, and their family, and uh, and we help people learn how to do it effectively. What do you like to shoot with? Uh, well, me personally, I, I I got you know I got everything under the sun in my arsenal, but my favorite, your favorite, absolute favorite is is my Sig. I got a SIG P365. That's my EDC. I, I love it. It fits right in my car. I thought you box. liked the Canic. Uh, that, that's my that's my one I keep in the car. No, so you don't I need to advertise it. Okay, you didn't have to put mute that part out. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Commissioner. This is Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com. Thank you very much, Commissioner Stance, for coming on with us. And we'll be talking about local stuff the next hour. So, And notice, by the way, Mr. Stamps, I didn't ask you about your fellow colleague. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya.com, and I'm sitting in for your host, Kim Wade. He'll be back Monday if he gets out of his re-education camp by then. I don't know. He might be AWOL. Hell, he might be downstairs at that Mexican place sitting there just getting getting smashed on margaritas on a Friday afternoon. I wouldn't put it past him, would you? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. You know, where's Kim go down there? And there he is just rolling out the door, you know? Uh-huh. On his way to jiu-jitsu, whatever it is, to his Gracie class. That'd be funny to watch, actually. Anyway, um, first let's pay some bills. Don't list with someone else and then call Rita Jensen asking her why the house did not sell. Are you searching for a real estate agent who has years of experience, who really knows the market and can get you the absolute best price for your house? Then you need to call REMAX Connection Agent Rita Jensen. You can ask any of her clients and they will tell you Rita does not offer false promises, only confident guarantees. Three examples of these include the Quote, easy listing, 
Easy Exit Listing, unquote, which allows you to cancel your listings at any time. The Love It or Leave It Home Buyer's Guarantee, where Rita will resell your home for free during the first two years. And last but not least, the guaranteed sale for sellers where she will buy your home if it does not sell. It speaks volumes that Rita Jensen receives many of her referrals from past clients. Her mission is to help people. That's right, help people. Rita demonstrates to her clients that she genuinely cares about them and their objectives. You can call her today, 601-720-4037. I'll repeat, 601-720-4037. You can find her online at RitaJensen.net. This is not hard, guys. RitaJensen.net. She also sells land for women. One, what is this written here? She sells land for women wanting, that's right, wanting hunting land. So, yeah, you're a lady hunter. You want to buy some land to go hunt on? Call her up. All right, here, take that. Don't mess things up again. All right, so this is open lines. We have the complete exteriors call-in line, 601-879-0002. We had no calls last hour. We're starting to feel really lonely out here, so go ahead, call up. Now, it's been an interesting day in Jackson this week. Actually, if you go to my website, jacksonjambalaya.com, well, I'm getting ready to come here. I'm reading some stuff before I show up for the show today, and then I get a call, and guess what? We have, there is a fairly well-known um, elderly attorney, Barry Gilmer, fairly, he's 77 years old, and let's just say his reputation is that of being rather cantankerous, ornery, crotchety, whatever you want to call it. That's the rep. Well, about back in 18, yes, 2018, almost six, yeah, almost six years ago, he sat there and allegedly, well, now he's convicted, he got mad at a neighbor's dog, decided the dog was attacked, doing something he didn't like, so whatever. He shoots at the dog, of course, and winds up shooting at the house. Claimed he couldn't see through a bush or something like some some mess like that. So anyway, so ju- they they arrest him, charge him, justice court. He winds up getting a twelve day jail sentence. Now he's a very good lawyer, make no mistake. And so of course he milked that criminal justice system and made this thing drag out for like several years, on appeal after appeal after appeal. So finally, the court of appeals heard it. They ruled last week, sorry, nice try. We're going to send this back to justice court, and they can enforce a judgment. You need to go to jail. So he started his jail sentence, his 12 12 days now, two days ago. Well, apparently, being in jail at age 77 just didn't sit well with this guy, so guess what he does this morning? When a female jailer, that's right, female, served him was serving breakfast, he got mad about whatever, and attacked her. And I mean, he beat the living you-know-what out of her. Beat her to a pulp. Her face has got, as was told to me, quote, multiple contusions, unquote. So, you know, her face got beat to a pulp. Broke her collarbone. Broke a rib. Yeah, beat, beat the stew out of her. So, now apparently he's trying to convert his jail sentence to a prison sentence. Because now he's been charged with aggravated assault on a law enforcement officer, which is a felony, and escape. Not attempted escape, escape. Well, he got a rain this afternoon. <laughs> you did this in Madison County, boy. <laughs> I mean, this ain't Hines County where we give out $150,000 bonds for people, for killers. I mean, right, Jackson Municipal Court? Yeah, that actually happened this week. The lady, that not lady, but the woman who uh, 
killed what was her boyfriend, husband, or whatever. Yep, the court gave her a $150,000 bond on a murder charge. You got it. Nice. Anyway, so, no, Barry gets a $750,000 bond. And so he's going to probably be in jail for a while. And and after talking to the sheriff's office, let's just say he's probably not going to be in the general population for quite a while. He's probably about to find out what solitary confinement really is. And I can assure you, every move he makes is going to be on video. But yeah, so if you want to read about that, go to my website. All the details are there. And I haven't updated it to include the bond, so that's some new information for you. But $750,000 bond for, you know... Too bad it wasn't a million dollars. Anyway, that's okay. I don't think don't think he'll be going anywhere for a while. But yeah, way to go. Seventy seven years old. You know, it's okay to get old and just you know, I don't give a rat's ass anymore. I'm just gonna do what I want to do. Okay, that's fine and dandy. We get it, okay? This ain't the way to do it. You know. I'm not, I'm just gonna beat the stew out of my jailer, you know. Well, instead of twelve days you might be getting twelve years. <laughs> I mean, and I don't think from reading from the comments and the comments I have not approved that you're going to be that nobody's really going to miss you one bit either, except for maybe your loved ones. So, you know, so anyway, moving on. We also had on in big news this week, um, Jackson City Council President Aaron Banks. He got a DUI a couple of Friday nights ago. He was going down um, 55 South around Elton Road, Highway, Highway Patrol. And picked him up, pulls him over, and he wound up, when they finally tested him, blowing a 0.16, double the legal limit. Do you know how to operate the phones? I'm just wondering. Just an honest question. I'm starting to believe it. Anyway, um, so he so he winds up double the legal limit, you know, and it's in the police reports, the DA Came in, he was field released the DA. Now, what that means is he was arrested, he was charged, okay, nothing was dropped, and they said, hey, you know, and I guess he called the DA, can you come get me? And they had told him, and it happened somewhere, people were cops, all right, if you have somebody, after we charge you, you can just, instead of just going sitting in the tank and bond and all that stuff, so okay. But he did get charged. Anyway, anyway, so he, um, you know, it hits the media this week, and honestly, he probably should have come out be- between when it happened and when the media got a hold of it, which is about 10 days later. He probably should have just come out and just said, hey, look, I screwed up. Here's what happened. You know, when you're in that position, people are watching you all the time. And it's, you know, it's an open secret around town. He wants to run for mayor. Well, that means you've always got a... Go ahead. That means you've always got a target on your back. Somebody's always watching you. Somebody's always wanting to get you. And when you've got people who like their jobs now or want that job, they're going to be watching. Look, they're going to be looking to trip you up on anything possible. And like somebody told me yesterday, yeah, the mayor's people were probably watching. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. But if they are, you don't give them any ammunition to get you on. And the other thing also, I'm, I'm about to get to you, Derek. Hang on. Actually, let's go ahead and get Derek now. I'll finish the point in a second. Go ahead, Derek. How you doing? Hey, Kingfish. How's it going? All right. I, I to put a spin Welcome back, old friend. Talk about the uh, inmate um, jumping jumping on the prison guard. I mean, the jailer. Yeah. Now you got to understand something. A lot of these correctional institutions are being ran by women. I understand. You got female guards and everything like that. But do you have you ever understood with the dichotomy of why that's the case? 
probably because they haven't been able to get mail guards. I mean, when I talk to the sheriffs and I talk to people from MDOC, believe me, they would love to have more mail guards. Trust me. Well, no self-respecting alpha male is going to put up with the, the rules and, and guidelines that you have to con- you have to use mm-hmm. when you're working around inmates. No mm-hmm. grown man is going to coddle another grown man. And that's basically how the liberals have turned the prison industry. You right. Know, my little inmate grievances. My food isn't warm. My drink isn't cold. I got to grieve about this. I have to grieve about that. I want to extra budget. So no, no really strong male is going to work in that position. The only people they can find to work in it is, is females. This is why you have a high incidence of female be, females either being attacked or they're having a relationship with the with the um, mm-hmm. with the inmates, um, et cetera. And they have in MDOC anyway. They have raised the salaries, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, you're not going to get strong men to work on the, you know, to coddle other men like you're in some big daycare center. No. Have you ever noticed that? I haven't. Like I said, when you talk to the guys that run these jails, they'd love to have more male employee jailers. Trust me. They'd love to have them. If yeah, you, if you think they're, have, they're happy having... If you have to, huh? If you have to work under those type of stringent guidelines. Well, I can tell you right now, they're going to throw the book at this guy. Oh yeah, oh, of course they are. Of he, course. he can and he can forget. But, he can probably forget general population for quite a while, if ever. I don't want to put the sexist element in there, but if you go back to a lot of your prison, your, your prison and jail escapes, you're going to find that the staff is predominantly female. Well, this guy was 77 years old, and just from looking at his mugshot, he doesn't look like the kind who was hitting the gym all the time either. If you know what I mean, and he was still able to. Uh, I haven't seen the video, obviously, but he was able to beat the daylights out of this female guard. And I don't know how big or small she was. I just don't know. So well, it, it I mean, is what it is. By, by, by the simple fact he's 77, female guard, yeah. beats the snot out of her. Uh, I mean, that's a no-brainer, don't you think? Yeah. And, and with Aaron Banks, man, he should have the wherewithal to just go ahead and resign. You know, we're getting caught with a DUI, or whatever. But you know, well, it's not the first time either. Now, the, the the other one was like back in eleven, so it's been more than ten years. But it's not the first time, right? And I mean, and, and, and here and here's it. the thing, you know, if my state legislator, my councilman, my supervisor gets a first offense DUI, okay. We've all screwed up, and Lord knows a lot of us. I mean, hey, if somebody had pulled us over on the way home, we'd have gotten one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But events are different than patterns. You know what I'm saying? And the question becomes, is this a pattern? Well, and, a good go ahead. friend of mine, um, former Senator Pro Tem, Terry Steele, he had the wherewithal to resign. So, you know. Who? Ter- Terry Burton? Terry. Yeah, Terry, Terry, Terry C. Burton. All right, let's be honest, though. He had a real drinking problem, and everybody knew it. A real one. This wasn't someone who was just going out, you know, had had an extra, you know, makers or Jack, you know, then drove home. I mean, he had a real drinking problem, and you know that. Well, you know, um, there 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 may be some other things behind that too that are starting to be a pattern. But again, you know, I understand. And if you're also looking at running for a higher office like that, a very competitive higher office, you don't give the other side ammunition. You don't give them ammunition; they can go find out and use against you, either, right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, hey, it's uh, always good talking to you, Kingfish. All right, Have thanks, Derek. All right, we're going to the break right now. The Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya dot com, and the call in number six zero one eight seven nine zero 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 two. Open lines. We'll be right back.
All right, and we're back. That's the Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya.com. If you want to find out what's going on around Jackson, go to JacksonJambalaya.com. Got some really hot stories on there today. I mean, everybody was freaking about Byram. I was going to put – it goes up at 6 o'clock tonight. But found, got a hot tip about this story out in Madison where an elderly attorney somehow managed to find some old – yeah, it's called old man strength for a reason, okay, folks? It's real. It exists. And he managed to beat the stew out of a poor female jailer, you know, beat the heck out of her, redecorated her face, broke a collarbone, broke a rib. I mean, he, you know, let's just say he's trying to convert his his jail sentence to a prison sentence. Anyway, we have who, no, none other but Carol on the line with us. How you doing, Carol? How are things up in Chattanooga? Kingfish. Mm-hmm. I always like it when you um, sit in for Kim. What do you want? How come you didn't bring How come you didn't bring Renee with you tonight? Wait, who's Renee? Oh, Shakespeare. Renee. No, Renee actually yeah. has a job right now. <laughs> I so. like it. I like it when the, she's the being productive. Come in. Now, Renee. Renee's one of my favorite people. I'm sorry. Renee is one of my favorite people, but no, she she won't be getting off. You know, she has a real job now, so she got to okay. do. She has to do the employment thing. I want to make a comment about um, Aaron Banks. Okay. I read where he was arrested for the DUI. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I noticed something about him. I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. But he used to do a, I think it was on a Wednesday night, he did a program on WNPR. Yeah, he did. And he would also be on Facebook Live. Right, he did. And I would watch him and listen to him on Facebook Live. And I thought to myself, many times, Kingfish, not once, not twice, but nearly every Wednesday night, I noticed that he had what I felt like, I felt like he might have been a little bit intoxicated. And I'm going to tell you, you why. You really thought that, huh? Pardon me? You really thought that, huh? Well, yes, and okay. I'm going to okay. tell you why. Because every other word he said, no matter what the topic was, he would say, well, you know, you know, you know. He, he was never able to form a complete sentence addressing the topic without constantly repeating himself, you know, uh, uh, you know. I personally don't think that Jackson would ever be advancing for him to be the mayor. When I saw that he was arrested for DUI, mm-hmm. it kind of proved what my suspicions were right. about that guy having a drinking problem back then. Right. I see. So I don't wish him any bad luck or anything like that. I'm just saying that. This just solidified my observation and my private thoughts sitting up here all by myself, mm-hmm. listening to him and watching him on Facebook Live. It solidified what I thought back then, not knowing a, it, not knowing anything about him. Right. I understand. All right. He is not a very good communicator. He is certainly not a very good communicator. All right. Well, Carol, thank, thank you, you very much. I've got another line holding, so but have a very good weekend up there in Tennessee. Thank you. All right. Sylvia, how are we doing? Hello? Hey, Kingfish. How are you? All right. How are you doing? 
am quite well. And since I didn't see you, and it's still January, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Anyway. No, no, my happy, no, Happy Mardi Gras. Want, happy Mardi Gras. And the other day was, uh, was it, yes, it was Wednesday. It was uh, Belly Joble Day or something like that. Anyway, what I wanted to ask you, first I wanted to make a comment about Aaron Banks. He mm-hmm. does need to resign. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Next is what do you think of, I haven't heard and I haven't read, and then again I might have missed it, Okay. of Chief Joseph Wade. And the reason why I say that is because I've heard from other JPD officers that at least 57 people have come out of retirement and have returned to Jackson because of him. And in my opinion, that speaks volumes about him as a man and, and, and the character that he has for people who want to come back mm-hmm. to Jackson, coming to JPD, to work for him. Mm-hmm. And so far, what I see of him, I'm very impressed with what he is doing and attempting to do. And the major problem I feel that JPD has, it's not that the men and women aren't trained, because they are trained. The men and women, they are not, there's not enough of them. They need more people there so that they can police the city well. Right. I feel that they do their best right now with what they have. With what they have. And they were saying, oh, we're up to like 220, whatever, 230-something, or whatever police officer. Well, Here's the real number you want to find out. There's two numbers. One is, how many patrol officers do we have? Because a year ago, it was like below 150, if I'm not mistaken. And then when Davis testified before the um, city council. And also, how many detectives do we have? Because that's another problem where you have a backlog on cases. Is We've been down to, I think, half a dozen or so detectives. We used to have like a lot more than that. And now the previous leadership at JPD... Once, if you left JPD and wanted and wanted to come back, and you saw how bad things were, you wanted, you know what? I need to go back. They need me, and their their policy was: sorry, we're not taking back former JPD officers, which is kind of short sighted and stupid. But that's what it was, and you see the results. So now you got guys coming back. My question is: how many patrol officers do we have? And that's what the media needs to be asking. That's what the council should be asking, not just how many police officers, because. That includes a lot of other people, too. All right? And also, I wish they would start, you know, they had their little dog and pony show yesterday. But, you know, they also took the crime stats off the uh, city website three and a half years ago. And before that, they'd done it for like a year before they put them back on. And at a press conference a few weeks ago, you know, they were bragging about crime reduction. Well, the guy from LBT, I forget his name, I think it was Quentin. But ask him flat out, you know, well, what are the numbers? Can we see the numbers? And the mayor says, oh, we don't want to get into all that. Well, this is what every other administration did for years, which was put them, let the people see it. Let the people see it. What are the raw numbers? Let us see it. Why do you want to hide it? I've got mixed thoughts about him. I like what I hear from him. And, you know, I don't cringe every time he opens his mouth. I won't say anything more than that. It was kind of like listening to Les Miles sometimes or at Orgeron, and that's all I will say. But 
I've also written about where the cops weren't doing their jobs either. I still hear too many stories about how the police are risk averse. They don't want to get involved like that one where the guy stabs his wife on the way to work over at the country club at Jackson and he runs and hides in the woods by the country club somewhere. Members find him and start calling the going and tracking down the police or calling the police. They won't come get him. And finally that night they followed him over to Palm Bridges and they they finally and JPD still wouldn't get him. They finally called Tyree Jones and they say and he sent two deputies over there and they got him, did their jobs. And then when they finally meet with the chief, he's going, This is not who we are. Well, Chief, yeah, that's what that's what y'all did. And he tried to blame the previous precinct four commander. Okay, I get it, but that's what y'all did. That is when you are what you do, not what you say. So I've got mixed thoughts on him. I mean They've also got Capitol Police helping now. I mean, we've actually got, I forget how many Capitol Police officers we have, but, you know, but we the murder rate is still just, there's just no excuse for it. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're already at eight homicides for the year. Eight. Well, I'm going to have to say something about Capitol Police. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with them. Yeah. I was working one evening, and there was this gas station. And they just pounced on it. Weapons drawn. I told the person who was with me, hurry up and get in this vehicle because we're getting out of here. Willis have no name. So let's go and don't take 20 years to get that seatbelt on. Well, and, and anyway. And, and you know I, what, Gloria? It's also little things, too. I mean, you, you own a restaurant, right? Oh, you don't? Okay, no, that, no, I mean, Sylvia. Okay, I'm now, the one that drives for a living. That's right, okay. But, Sylvia. all right, suppose, suppose, you know, you're working late one night, you know, you want to walk out to your car when you get off at 10 or 11, you know, you're closing, and you don't feel, you know, you just feel nervous, you know. You know, you can call Ridgeland, Madison PD, Brandon. They'll send some, hey, we'll be right there and make sure you get to your car okay. Well, Nobody does. You can't, you wouldn't do that with JPD. Or, like, the other cities have got programs where i'm going to be out of, i'm going to paris for a month okay so you let the police know and they kind of watch your house for you clinton's very good at this they don't have that you see, you see where i'm going with this you know little things add up yes i do it's not just busting yes, a big I crime see where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. all right and what'd well, you think what'd I'm you think about what'd you think about will. the bank's arrest i will i am hoping though that he will be able to make improvements and he doesn't seem to be afraid of the mayor and i like that understand completely all right well thank you very much all right that was all i wanted to say and ask you about you have a good weekend you too ma'am Talk to you later thank you bye-bye all right how much time we got to the break oh one minute all right this is kingfish of jacksonjumbalaya.com so some of y'all think you should resign I, to me if it's a first offense you, you get a mulligan once now law enforcement obviously is a little bit different um but if it's a pattern, different story. If it's a pattern, different story. I'm going to talk a little bit. There's another angle to this, not really involving the councilman in question, just a bigger, bigger. it's more bigger picture thing. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Jackson water system when we get back. And, man, we made it through the ice storm, and the plants worked. Everything went fine, okay? So, anyway, this is the Kingfish of com. Call in. Number 601-879-0002. And by the way, when I had Mr. Stamps on the phone, where are you tough guys about corporate welfare, huh? Just curious. And we'll be right back. All right, this is Kingfish of JacksonJumbalaya.com. First, got to pay some bills. Corkin, Corkern 
Door Company has been providing quality garage door products to Mississippi for more than 50 years. Today, they continue their commitment to provide their customers products and services that are of the highest quality available in the industry at the most affordable prices available. Corcoran Door is a supplier of residential garage doors, garage door parts, and commercial overhead doors. They specialize in LiftMaster, that's right, LiftMaster, commercial and residential door operators, as well as, if I botched this, sorry, Cloplay, Clopay, sectional, commercial, and re- residential doors. That's Clopay, sectional, commercial, and residential doors. The owners, Sissy and Chris Kennedy, welcome you to come by the office and discuss any of your current or future garage door projects. 6057 Highway 18 West in Jackson. Hours are 730 to 430, Monday through Friday. You can call them at 601-922-DOOR. That's 601-922-DOOR or CorcornDoor.com, C-O-R-K-E-R-N-D-O-R-R.com. Here you go, Chief. All right. Thank you very much. Call in number 601-879-0002 on the Complete Exteriors call-in line. Anyway, we were talking about Councilman Banks, but I'm going to go I'm going to go back up to about 10,000 feet here. And he's been talked about running for mayor, and I hear these other people run for mayor. And you know, how can Jackson get better? How can Jackson and Hines County get better? Good question. We could beat that one to death for a week. I think one thing we have to start looking at is who runs. And if this was a podcast, I would use some other words, but I won't. But for some reason in this area, in Jackson, being not having a real job <laughs> or just being a community loudmouth seems to be gives you the qualification you think you need to run every to run everything. And I'm being dead serious. I mean, you start looking at how many of these people running for office or who win win office don't have jobs, never have produced everything, anything, never have done anything. Seriously, go look. Go look at the city council every year. Go see who actually has or has held a full-time job. You know, Virgie, Lindsay, for example, she's right now probably just a councilwoman, but decades spent working at Jackson Public Schools, Clarion Ledger, then, of course, the Fondren, I mean, the Bellhaven Neighborhood Foundation, whatever they call it. You know, you look at the others. I mean, Melvin Priester Jr., I mean, he definitely, I mean, he was an attorney. But go look at how many also don't have real jobs and never have or don't. But for some reason, I mean, go look at the Board of Supervisors over the years. But for some reason, they're the ones who think they're entitled to run everything. You know, I've never run a business. I've never actually worked. I don't have a job. But you know what? I think I'm entitled to run to manage a two to three hundred million dollar budget. I think I'm entitled to manage several hundred a million dollar employees. So you put these people in charge. Oh, let's not talk about people who think because just because you got a PhD don't mean you're smart. Educated don't necessarily mean smart, okay? You can be you can be educated to death and not know how to run anything. The problem is people who can actually do stuff rarely run for stuff. The ones who don't because they can't get a job because they can't hold a job are the ones who sit there and think they ought to be in charge. I mean, and guess what? Those are the people that get in office. That's what you get. Let's look at one state senator. Brags about how... I'm going to get to Chris in a second. Chris, I'm coming. You know, economic development. He knows economic development. What economic development projects has he ever done? I can't na- think of any. I ain't talking about working on a bill. I mean, actually, you know, for example, the guy Prado that 
is doing the gas stations, the Meadowbrook, and the top project and top golf project. I mean, you know, you can okay he had these projects. You can look over it. Say when he worked for Clinton, he landed several projects, and he worked at MDA before that. Okay, I mean, I can look at a history there and see. All right, he's brought in these projects. These guys say, I know economic development. Okay, or one one councilman says, Oh, I have a marketing business. Well, where's your client list? Where's your portfolio? Show us something besides saying, Oh, I know marketing. You know, but these guys all think they're entitled to run something when they've never done a damn thing. Let's be honest. I mean, seriously. So, hey, we got Chris on the phone with us. All right, Chris, go ahead. Shut me up. Chris. Hey, Kingfish. Yeah, Christopher, how you doing? Great. Blessed. Hey, on on. Unless you are tired, these career politicians, people just getting in to get their, to get all those benefits and get all that power, Unless you've been in the military or something, I think you should have a job, a full-time job, mm-hmm. and that should be you're going in there to help the community, especially in a mayor and some of those lower ones. I agree. That it should not be a full-time job. Yeah. Well, what's funny is several of these mayors going there. Go ahead. Well, they're going there to get the income and the retirement because the government they should. And and I, I feel too, if you go in there and you come out a millionaire, you shouldn't get no retirement, none of that. You know, stuff. I'm you not even going that far. And, and look, I know what you mean about the go in there and become a million. I'm not even going that far. I'm just talking about these guys who can't get a job at doing anything, don't seem to ever have a job, right. but yet they think they're entitled to, you know. You well, know let, let's let's take Marshawn Chrysler. That's a perfect example, okay? Right. And I've been around people that get in there, to, the family gets in there, and that's all they shoot for is to get a government job to get there to work they don't have to work and you can tell because and when they appoint people like that who could never get who can never get a real job okay then they appoint them to jobs and instead of trying to treat that like a job where hmm if i do well here maybe i can get a better job out of it get promoted out of it you know or land somewhere else even better instead they wind up you know treating it like oh man i've arrived man i'm owed this i deserve this you know and just lose their marbles lose their brains you know Exactly. I can fish enjoy Joe talking with you. Be safe. Have a blessed weekend. All right. Thank you very much. Anyway, that's my little rant for the day, which is about that. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the bigger picture because you look at these guys. It's like when Marshawn Crystal ran for mayor. What in his background told you he could run a city? He'd been a street level cop and that'd been about it. OK, he didn't run a department over for McMillan. I mean, what do these guys do that make you think they can run something? Just saying. It's about time, and just because they got PhDs don't mean much either. I mean, we've been run by PhDs for the last five years, and they managed to run a water water system into the ground, okay? I mean, so, speaking of water, congratulations to the Jackson Water Team. We came through an ice storm, and damn it, I thought we were back in the 1990s again when the reservoir was freezing over. Guess what? We had a, we had some really nasty cold weather last week, and the, we got down to like 9 degrees, 10 degrees several times. And the water plants kept working. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Imagine, amazing what happens when you get competent management, competent leadership, competent employees. Meanwhile, you've got, you're about to have a big fight because here's what's really been in my craw is, and I'm going to pick on the lovable, because what she says her name means, Rakia Lumumba, which is the brother of the mayor, sister of the mayor, sorry, unless she probably has more testosterone than he does, and I meant that as a compliment. (laughs) Anyway, 
she's been out there with her little minions, you know who you are, sitting there attacking Jackson Water every chance they get. And I'm not going to get into the accusations of misinformation. I'm sure the water manager had reason to say what he said, plus the fire hydrant ad- accusations, you know, last year. We'll get into all that. But here's, here's where all this is going, is they see all this federal money coming in, $600, $800 million, whatever it is. And they, they, hey, this is Mississippi. They want a piece of it. In fact, they don't want just peace. They want all of it. And they want the right to just direct it to whoever. And you all know what's going to happen. Now, Hennepin has said a water district, there should be a public utility district that runs the system. I know that has really set them off. I mean, and all of a sudden they've been attacking him like crazy for about the last nine months. Well, let's address that for a second. The legislature, the Senate passed a bill last year. It died in the House. The governor wasn't on board with it about creating a water sewer utility district for Jackson. Now, the state would have appointed the majority of the board. The city would have appointed a minority of it. The mayor, of course, called it plantation politics. In the reality, they really want the truth. The mayor was trying to keep everybody on his plantation, where he would be the overseer, where he would be having everything be his, you know what, okay? Seriously. Because if you look around the country, just go look. Look at majority black cities at that. Go look at Birmingham. Go look at St. Louis. Go look at others. Guess who runs their water and sewer systems? private districts the cities themselves don't run them baltimore right now is and there's a lot of parallels between baltimore and jackson go watch the wire sometime hint cliff anyway they are working with the state working with that's with hand in hand with the state for the state to take control of their sewer system and i think they also have the water system all right most mayors don't want to run this stuff there's a reason why you get crazy mayors in Chicago and New York and some other cities, and yet you don't hear the water and sewer and going into the toilet, okay, literally, because they don't manage those services. A private district does. I mean, go look at them. St. Louis, Dallas, New York, Chicago, Birmingham. The mayor's friend runs Birmingham. Guess what? That's what they do. Dallas, San Diego, L.A. Just look around. That's the majority. And he's wanting to scream racism, this and racism, that. This is how, no offense to to my brethren out there, but this is how majority black cities do things too. It ain't just a white thing. But for some reason, black, I'm going to say it, blacks and Jackson for some reason, because John Horn was against this too. Can't do this. I mean, what is it about Jackson that can't do it? What's so special about Jackson that can't say, hey, it's plantation pop. No, it's your plantation that you want to keep everybody on. We're the ones trying to ensure it's being just run professionally like it is everywhere else, being run the same way as it is in Birmingham or St. Louis or San Antonio or the in New Orleans. Well, New Orleans is always special, okay? Let's not go to New Orleans necessarily. Miami, you get the idea. But for some reason, if it's done here, you know, and that's the Mississippi way. We can't do competent we can't practice what's competent elsewhere. We have to think of every reason not to, then wonder why things don't work. And if you're against it, well, you're a racist or whatever. Okay, so anyway, this is the Kingfish of JacksonJumbalaya.com. Going to the break right now for the last segment, 
All right, we're back. This is the Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com. We're going to the home stretch right now. Just a few minutes left, and your torture, your agony will be over. Anyway, we were talking about Jackson Water System, and would they come and fight? And let's make something clear here, okay? The sister of the mayor, they have created several nonprofit groups, so-called social justice groups, whatever you want to call them, community groups, and they claim to speak for the community. Well, they don't speak for me. They don't speak for you, maybe. I live in Jackson. A lot of you live in Jackson. Do they speak for you? You know who does speak for you? Your elected representatives, those those seven council members, yes, the mayor, you elected them. You voted for them. They came to your houses. They came to your everywhere you went. They knocked on your doors, hopefully. You elected them. They represent you. What these people are trying to do is, yes, it's we. they like to throw it around about Trump, but what they really are doing themselves is they're trying to subvert democracy. Our elected representatives, the people that elect represent us, they agreed to this consent decree, this stipulated order with the judge, with the federal government. They agreed to it. They've all been briefed on it. These people all of a sudden, because one little group ain't getting their way, they don't have the they're not getting to give the money to their buddies and the contracts to their friends. All of a sudden they claim to represent us. Well maybe the other side needs to start forming their own groups and start doing stuff too, like filing briefs in court and things like that, start saying, hey, judge, they don't represent us. And by the way, like I said, the elected representatives are the ones who represent us, okay? I mean, sorry, Rakia Lumumba, you don't speak for me, damn it. You don't speak for anybody else. You speak for yourself and the people on your little payroll. That's all you speak for. And Judge Wingate saw through it. So what y'all do go one into the EPA saying, oh, we want to file a little civil rights complaint against it because the judge was mean to us. No, the judge saw through your BS and called you out. It didn't help that you had a city attorney who never been in federal court before and acted like it, too. That was kind of funny. I mean, seriously. Yeah, this time, Mayor, get, hire an experienced attorney who actually knows what a courtroom looks like, okay? A city attorney, please. I mean, because this one didn't, and it, you know, it got to be comical watching the judge having to tell her what courtroom decorum was all the time. Anyway, you know, there's this podcast she had a couple of months ago. It was some guy out of New Orleans, and the lies she told, I mean, Ted Hennepin was making, you know, half a million dollars a year, and he just extended his contract to 10 years. None of it was true. You read her, this bimbo was saying, yeah, bimbo was saying, blacks are still picking cotton up in the Delta. Yeah, and this clown bought it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, and she starts on the word self-determination. Yeah, that's their new buzzword is self-determination. It's separatist language, folks. They're nothing but confederates but on the other side of the fence is what they are okay that's why they and that they claim to represent oh we represent the people well i'm sorry why do we go hell if we're going to do that why even go to the damn to the ballot box why even go to the voting booth why i don't know you know and i'm i'm scrolling through here through her um through the transcript uh I mean, she just kept on making up. I have a legitimate fear of drinking tap water unless I see a filter on it. She says, the water hasn't been safe since the 90s. Really? Really? Of course, you know, before when the mayor ran, her brother ran this system, they never had a complaint about it, you know, despite the fact the system was always breaking down and stuff, but they never said a word. All right. Kim Wade will be back Monday. Have a great weekend. And we're out.